than anything that we will receive that which you are wanting to speak to our hearts today, Lord God. That we will just receive it to the depths of our hearts, Lord God, just as we sung the song this morning, that it will change us, that it will rearrange us in such a way, Lord God, that we will never be the same, Father God. And I'm not talking about just the same on how we act in this world, but the same in, on how we actually live and understand this, what this time is all about, Father God. As you are speaking and yelling and screaming out and calling out to the church for us to wake up out of our sleep and our slumber that we have been in for such a long time, Lord God. And the church did not start this way. But for some way and somehow over some period of time, we have been lured into a slumber, Father God, that is unprecedented. And as you call forth your church to wake up, Lord, if it just takes the few of us that's in this place right now that you can start that wake up with, Lord God, let it be so. Let it be so in the mighty name of Jesus. And all this in agreement, let us say amen, amen, and amen. Glory be to God. And just like I said, more than uh, me trying to preach a, a sermon or a message more than anything, uh, for, I just want to share what's on my heart as a word of encouragement to each and everyone that is here on this morning. For some of you, it may sound like a sermon. Uh, and maybe for some of, of us it will be. Um, but the thought of my words of encouragement this morning comes from the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12 uh, is just one place and we're going to visit a few scriptures. And, and if I had to title the thought of, for this morning, it would be running the race. Running the race. And there's a question, uh, Brother Tony, that comes with the title of this message. And that question is personal to each and every one of us, that God is wanting to ask you personally, what race are you running? What race are you wanting running? And that goes, again, let me reiterate that God wants to ask each and every one of us in this place, even from the youngest to whoever the oldest, and, and I ain't telling my age, so <laughs> it ain't going to be me. But certainly, God wants to, he's asking you, so even you, young man, even at your age, God is asking you specifically today, as well as all of us, what race are you running? Are you running the race To have or to get what you want out of this life? Are you running the race to, to end up getting what you want out of this life? Or are you running the race that God may get the usage that he wants out of your life? See, these are two very different things, my friends. They are two very different things because they are two different roles. The road of running the race, uh, even with the good intentions, even believing in God, but to run the race on the road to get what you want 
or the best that you can out of this life ends, the reason why they're very different roles is because they both end in two different places. I'm not talking about whether you go to heaven or hell or not, but I'm talking about whether God <coughs> gets the glory out of your life or whether you uh, are pleasing to God or not. Because, and why is this very important? This is important, my friends, because the truth be told for each and every one of us as believers, when, when we get to the end of the race, when we get to the end of our road uh, here, we're going to stand, all of us as believers, we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And the thing that's going to happen at that place is that we're going to give an account of the things that we've done in the body. And what that actually means is that he's going to, uh, we're going it, to, it's not us being given an account of the sin that we've done or not in our this time because the blood of Christ Jesus let me just I'm just adding that real quick so we got all on the same page and have the right understanding the blood of Jesus is what satisfied God for your sin that even will give you the opportunity to be standing at the judgment seat of Christ rather than the great white throne judgment for non-believers in their destiny is set with a separation from God for all eternity so all of us that are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, then are, we're going into the presence of God. Come on, let's give God some praise for that right there. Hallelujah. But there's going to be one or two ways that we enter into the presence of God. One is going to be empty handed without any rewards. Or one is going to be with so many rewards that we're going to need more hands. Glory be to God. I and, and, and for each and every one of us, if we understand even a glimpse of what we praised and who we praised on this morning, you don't want to enter the gate without with empty hands, my friends. Why? It's because them, the, all of the crowns and all the rewards that you're going to be given as you enter into uh, the, the, the presence of Almighty God is going to be, we're going to have an opportunity at some point, the Word of God says, to lay them at our Savior. Jesus Christ at his feet. See, this is good news, my friend. This is good news. And that, and that alone, if we really understand what John 13, 34 and 35 says, when Jesus says a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. If, if we really understand that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, if we really understand that it brew, it pleased the father to bruise the son, then there's no way, if we really understand the dynamics of that, there's no way that we want to just barely skate in. It has to give us a drive in this life, somebody say this life, it would have to give us a drive in this life to live our lives in such a way that would be pleasing unto God. That God could use us as the vessel uh, that he intended to use us for, or for us to be, you know, in there more than anything. So my friends, as the, what God wants to just really speak to us and talk to us and see more than anything, this is why I say I just want to give you a word of encouragement because I want to share that which is on my heart that God has placed on my heart about running this race. 
about running the race and then the importance of running this race. And this importance of running this race has no less effect no matter today for every one of us in here. And it ain't, it has no less effect depending on how old you are. See, maybe back some years ago, we kind of would have thought that because, uh, you know, when I was young, then I, I felt like I had so much time. You know, and, and even having grown up in the church when you're young, you, 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 you think that you have so much time that you even have a, a plan. And that plan consists of, oh, well, Lord, when I get my uncle's age, he's 45 years old. And, man, he's old. Because, you know, back then we thought at 45, man, that, he, man, he's old. Don't dare say 45 is old these days because that means I'd be ancient right now. So needless to say, I don't think 45 is old, but, you know, you see, back then we had a plan, Tony, that, you know, that at a certain period or time in my life, you know, and especially when I looked at my uncle, because I remembered that you didn't always live like that. Now, now you didn't got 45 years old. Now you holier than thou. And so now you putting the pressure on me to, to be who you are at 45 years old. I get that. But see, the reality is today, my friends, we can't plan like we did before. Because it's, all it takes is for us to open up our eyes. And if you look around, that people are leaving this place daily. And, it, and, they, and, it, and, and they don't, and those that are leaving, there ain't no age restrictions. So it ain't just the, the old people passing away because, you know, the, the, the reality of mortality is striking in. No, people are leaving this place at young ages, at middle ages, at all ages, my friend. And it's kind of crazy because if you look at the statistics, you know, uh, now that, that it, there's just as many people under 35 years old that's leaving this place daily that, as it is that those are over 50 years old. See, this is the reality of what is happening in the world today and where we are, my friends. That even young folks are dying at a high clip and at a high rate. And so this is the reason why this message and what God is speaking to us, age has, it's not about a number. It's about your heart and what God wants to speak to it. So in Hebrews chapter 12, in the latter part of verse 1, the very end part of verse 1, it says this, And let us run with endurance the race that was set before us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And see, here is, this is really important for every one of us, as God wants to just speak to our hearts and show us the reality of the times. It is high time and, and it's important today, my friends, that we begin to understand and take heed to the race that we're running. Why? Because the truth of the matter is, is the book of Hebrews also says in Hebrews 9.27 that there's a pointed. Matter of fact, it's only a couple pages back. Just turn your Bibles there. Hebrews 9 verse 27 says this Hebrews 9:27 
He says, and as it is appointed for a man to die once, and after that, the judgment. And after that, the judgment is appointed for each and every one of us. We're going to leave this place. And so now we have to, in light of everything that's going on, in light of us calling, God calling to our attention how we run in this race, then we, we must, the reality of mortality has to be evident for every one of us, despite what our age is. So God is calling us to a reality, a real reality, that as we're going to stand and give an account, then how are you going to stand? Before him. Again, the question being, are you running this race? And of course, this question is not for the world because the world is not running a race that has uh, any hope of an end. But for every one of us as believers, you are running this race with some hope of where we're going to, where our destiny is, where we're going. You know where, where, how this all turns out. And glory be to God that we have the victory. It ain't no doubt about that. But it has to do something on, with, on the inside of us that is going to stir us up enough to have a heart to run the race for what God wants to get out of your life, my friends. And I think all of it, all it takes, because see, over the last couple of weeks, I've had to, you know, uh, why this is just, again, more than a, a sermon. This is just really me speaking from my heart, because like three weeks ago, uh, I had two relatives in Chicago, Illinois, two of my young cousins that got killed on the same day. One was 38 and the other one was like 29. Dead. In there, and then this past Wednesday, I think it was, they had the funeral from, for my young cousin that was 38 years old that had a wife, four kids, you know, healthy as all get out, but murdered here today and gone tomorrow, you know, in there. And God just began to, 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 to really minister to my heart, you know, and thank God that he was running the right race. You know, he was a, a, a coach of kids, a mentor of kids, you know, in there. And, and, and he, you know, uh, was really doing a lot of good work for the kingdom of God. You know, it ain't no ifs, ands, buts about that. But we can't say the same thing for everyone. And it ain't even about us saying it for everyone. It's about what is it for you? Because the, here's the reality is that, that it took me to this place within my own heart and, and I want to share this with you because the, the thing about it is is that when they had his funeral they many was able to come and, and, and stand up even in their sorrow and testify to how he lived his life in such a way that they were rejoicing that he had made it see and this is the point that I'm making to you today my friends you know Death, the, that appointed day is the word of God tells us that, you know, it's, that's no secret. Do you know that we all going to leave this place unless Jesus come again first? So we all, the reality is we all going to leave this place. And for me, if we're going to leave this place, and if I love the Lord and I believe in the Lord and I want to be used as a vessel for him, then it behooves me to 
make that my reality today in there. It behooves me to, to so my kids, if, if that tragedy happened to me, even today, and I was gone tomorrow, I've already spoken to my kids. And I've let them know what race I'm running. So in your sorrow, yes, you're going to miss your dad. But the truth of the matter is I want you to rejoice because I have finished the race. Because I know what race I'm running, my friend. And the question today, are you running a race uh, for the Lord that you know what you're running and, 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 and that you in, in doing so that you can even share with your family members today? Don't, uh, you know, and I ain't talking some cliche type stuff or don't uh, weep for me. No, I'm talking about really rejoicing because the race I'm running, I'm not running to this life to get out of this life what I want. I'm running the race to get to what God wants. And I'm running the race in such a way that, that I want to get to him. I want to get to him. See, this is what Paul was talking about when he said in the word that, you know, that uh, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. He, he was uh, torn between, you know, being here on the earth and doing the work that God wanted him to do and, the, and, and, and the, his desire to be present with the Lord. See, there's two dynamics to what I'm talking about right there. So I don't want nobody to be confused because there's people. Yo, the first dynamic or one dynamic is there's people that, that believe and they want to, uh, to hurry up and get to God because of the tragedy or the, the hardship that they enduring here. That's not what Paul was talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. In there. Though his desire to, 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 to be with the Lord was because of the love of God. That he knew in his heart. In there. Because of what Jesus Christ has done. For us. And it takes. One thing and one thing alone. And that is us coming to an understanding about what life. In this life truly is. Second Timothy chapter four. Verse 7 says this, and this is a passage of scripture we all familiar with as well. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says this. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians, um, no, no, sorry, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. This is Paul writing. As he knew that his life, and this is that towards the end of his life, he knew that his life had been poured out. As a drink offering is what he refers to it and that he knew that his time had come. And in verse seven, he says, along with that, that I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And then he says, finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but to also to all who love his appearance or his appearing. For a Christian to love his appearing, you know, it, 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 it means that you would have to be of the mindset that knows what the will of God is and have yielded yourself to living out this time for the will of God. 
See, here's the dilemma, my friends. The dilemma that we have is that for, for many of us, and, and unfortunately for much of what the church have actually put on us or led us to believe, you know, that, that uh, our service to God or our believing in God has been more of a genie in the bottle type situation of who God is. And, and, and has built that up as a desire for many of us, our, many of us, our desire to, to be, uh, you know, a child of God is, be, is for what he can do for me. And unfortunately, this is the truth. And why do I know this? The truth, the proof is in the pudding, my friend, all over the church. I ain't talking about the world, I'm talking about the church. This is why there's, there's so much naming and claiming and everything is about what I'm going to get. When the claiming and the naming ought to be the will of God, my friend, and that is him using you as a vessel that somebody else can come to know him. Oh, the problem is, is that's going to cause you to have to deny yourself. And this is what the true dilemma is for each and every one of us in our understanding about what this time is all about. It's because nobody wants to die. I'm talking about, I ain't talking about physical death. Now I'm talking about die to your flesh. Nobody wants to, to deny themselves that they may pick up their cross and follow him. Come on, somebody. This is our problem. And I ain't just talking about your problem. I'm talking, to, take it personal and say it to yourself. Because I ain't saying it to you, I'm saying it to me. This is my problem. My struggle is for me to, to uh, not my will, but God's will be done. Let's just be true to ourselves for a change. Because that's what it's going to take, my friends. It's going to take us being true to ourselves. So what do you mean, Pastor John? What I mean is that when, uh, when, when you know, things that... The, even the little things, let's not try to over, uh, super spiritualize this. See, when I'm on my job and, 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 and they denied me the promotion when I know that I was supposed to, I was the one that's qualified. What is my attitude about that? You know, when, when somebody, you know, even just simply driving down the, the freeway and somebody, you know, uh, cuts over in front of me, you know, what does they think that they're doing? What is the reaction to that? I'm talking about even the very simplest things is if we check ourselves or look at ourselves, then we can see ourselves that it's, man, my will is something else, my friend. Even to the point where much of my prayers, oh, let us look, man, you ought to record your prayers sometimes. This will be a, a beautiful indication of your will versus God's will. Because if you record your prayers and play them back, then you'll hear it real quickly. That what I'm praying for and everything that I said was about me and what I need, what I want, and what I expect you to do, God. Just, just, just take a look. Even to the point, again, this is what I'm talking about, where we've been led to believe that that's the way we're supposed to pray. No, everything that I've actually uh, came to understand now that I'm looking through his perspective is that this is about the will of God being done. And him using me to do that. And him wanting to use me to do that. 
What race are you running? It's time for us to truly look at the race that we run in. And the very best way to look at your race is look at where it ends at. See, because when you look at the end of your race, then it can give you some, even though you ain't uh, there, but if you look down there and where is that, that going to? Then and only then, Brother Rick, that then can we really get an indication. Wait a minute. What I see down there is not what I see here. It's going to make us re recognize or realize that maybe I am not on the right road. I know where I want to go, but uh, every sign that I pass, even though I'm trying to go from California to Georgia, so that means I got to go east, but every sign that I pass saying, is saying 10 west. I must not be going the right direction, my friend. At what point are we going to wake up and realize, wait a minute, I'm not going the right direction or I'm on the wrong road. So God, yes, very simply wants to speak to our hearts because it's time for an examination, my friend. And it's not one that he's going to do because he's already did it. His word is the examiner. But it's for us to take his word and have a self-examination. It's time for us to evaluate what race truly are we running. Because remembering two things more than anything where that we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and that there is a day that's appointed to each and every one of us we ain't going to be here forever my friend so look at Acts chapter 20 go to Acts chapter 20 real quick with me in verse 19 I'm actually just kind of skip through this for time's sake. Acts chapter 20 verses 19 through 24. So just bear with me because I'm going to skip through it. I'm going to start at verse 19 and it says this. This is Paul. Serving the Lord with all humility. And with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of Jews. He says, I, I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house. Testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. See, that's what this is all about. That's what God wants to use each and every one of our lives for in there. It ain't uh, that you have to become a preacher behind the pulpit, but your life has to be a life that is speaking repentance towards God. Come on, somebody. And faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, meaning repentance to God because we have sinned against God. And faith uh, towards Jesus Christ because he is the redeemer that God is the one whom God has sent. The only one by which man can be saved. Glory be to God. And then skipping down to verse 24, it says, but none of these things moved me 
nor do I count my life dear to me so that I may what? Finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord to testify to the gospel of uh, grace to God. My friends, let me read verse 24 again to you. But none of these things move me. Nor do I count my life so dear to myself. So what is he talking about? He's talking about the time of his stay here. And what is God talking to you about is your time of the rest of your stay here. Do you count it so dear to you that you are not willing to be allow him to use you in there the way he wants to use you? See, this is the it goes back to the statement that was that we that I just said. We're looting back to it because that is the dilemma. My will versus God's will. Yes. He's not talking about you being a believer in Jesus Christ. He's not talking about the fact that you got baptized when you was eight years old. That's salvation. That's what saved you. He's talking about now living your life and running this race in a way that he can use your life that will glorify the kingdom because he saved you. And for each and every one of us, even at your age, my friend, God wants to use you now. It's not uh, to, to, to you get to a certain age that now I'm going to do this and do that. No, all of that he don't, he don't need. What he needs is now, can I use you in, in your classroom to not act like everybody else and to be a light or a representative of, 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 what, uh, of his goodness? Can he use you that with every other kid, all of the kids is rejecting you know, a certain group of kids. And, and, and can, can he use you to, to, to touch them kids, to show compassion and love towards them kids? See, all that, uh, that, that the world uses and abuses, can he use us to embrace that? See, this is where his love is actually being shown. So he don't save people from this pulpit. Everybody in here, how many people are going to get saved in here today? None, because everybody's saved in here today. So where is, you gonna, where is he going to get, where is somebody going to come to know him? Out there? That what he does with us in here, that, he can, that we can take it with us out there, that he can use it for his glory, my friend. So this is, not our, uh, this is our, our filling station, not our comfort zone. This is where we get filled up that we, so when we go out there that that got to be our comfort zone. That's got to be the place where the work is done, my friend. Glory be to God. And in order to do that, we have to know one thing. And what was he referring to here in Acts? He was referring to everything that happened to him. He got beat up. He got persecuted. All because of the, for the sake of Jesus Christ and him preaching the gospel uh, in there. And the preaching the gospel for us is not that we got to stand on a mountaintop or stand at the corner of 7-Eleven with a uh, megaphone saying Jesus is Lord. No, what it's got to be is that can you show Jesus is Lord in your life? Can your friends and your, your relatives and other people know that you love the Lord? Not because of the words you say, but the life that you live. 
before them. So the secret now is being unleashed and it never was a secret because God never made it a secret. No, man has led us to believe that you got to be, uh, be on the deacon board. You got to do this and you got to join this. No, you ain't got to join nothing. You got, you're already in. It's time to be used now. And it don't take all of what they said it takes. It just takes an open heart. Glory be to God. That God can, that, that he can use you when you walking down the street and he, and he can say, no, pull over into that park. It's somebody that's been in that park all night drinking, drugging, and they, and they finally then broke, came to their break and play point and they calling out to me, Lord, if you love me, just send somebody to tell me something. Can that be you, my friend? Or when God leads you to that place, I don't want to mess with them. Oh, Lord, I ain't got time for that. They, they don't even look good. They, matter of fact, look they, like they've been up all night. Matter of fact, I got to go to work. I'm late for work. Are we denying what God is trying to get us to do? That's the usage that he needs from us, my friend. Which one of us? And this ain't the pastor's job. This is the believer's job. See, I know many pastors that made it uh, seem like it's their job so they can feel important. No, God wants to use every one of us this way, my friend. That he may get the glory because it don't go to the pastor. It don't go to the man. Glory be to God. This is a serious thing, my friends. Because if we are not willing, like he says here, to, to, to not count our lives so dear to us. That we may run the race and finish it with joy. Then we in trouble. The word, uh, he used the, 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 God used John. This is Paul. God used John. The apostle John. In John chapter 12, as a matter of fact, to say the same thing. John chapter 12, verse 25 says, he who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. This is what we're talking about, my friends. We are talking about running this race in such a way that we receive eternal life with, uh, with the plan that God has for us. Meaning not that we just enter into his presence, but the eternal life must mean something to us right here and right now. If it means what it's supposed to mean to us, then it's going to make us yield our life. It's going to make us not count this life so dear to ourselves. That he will be able to use us in this life. This is why he says, you need to, I need you to hate your life. And the life that he's talking about when he says hate your life, is talking about hate your will enough to deny it. To die to it that we may walk in his will. And I am here to testify to you today, my friends, that there's no greater joy than to yield your life over to the Lord and allow him to use your life in this world. No greater joy. And see, and this is the, the, one of the biggest fears of us yielding ourselves is because of our own will, then we know what we want to get out of life. We know what our aim and our goal has been. See, because we had that before we came to know Jesus. 
So that don't just go away and God understands that. That's why he says you need to deny it. But our fear in denying it is that we're going to lose something. No, the truth of the matter is, my friends, if you don't give up this your way, your thoughts, your will, that you're going to lose your life. You're not going to have the joy and the satisfaction. And when he says you're going to lose your life, he's not talking about you're going to lose your salvation. He's talking about you're going to lose the joy of even what was supposed to happen for you in this life. And you're not going to know it until you stand before the judgment seat of Christ and realize not only are you empty handed, but I never got what I was striving for anyway. The race that I was running, it was a dead end anyway. A dead end. It it never gave me the fulfillment that I thought it was going to give me. No, it only made me sick, throwing up, headache, late for work, all of these things. It never gave me what, what, you, what we wanted anyway. And see, and that's the lie and the trick of the enemy. That's the deception. No, you're not going to lose anything. You're going to actually gain more than you could even imagine. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor have it entered into the heart of man what the Lord has in store for you. And that in store ain't uh, it's eternal life, but it's even in this life, my friends. He's going to be able to give you more and, and trust you with more. Why? Because he can trust you with more than you ever could have had otherwise. Otherwise. The reason why a lot of us can't get more is because God can't trust us with more. We're going to hurt ourselves. If you got kids, then you understand what I'm saying. That you only can give them so much at one time. Oh, I'm going to give you the whole uh, year's supply of candy and you take you just eat one a day. No, you know they're going to be sick in the hospital tomorrow. I'm going to give it to you all at one time. You, you can handle it. Which one of us? We wouldn't even do that to our own kids. How much more is God not uh, more wise than we are? Come on, somebody. This is good news, my friends, because the spirit of the Lord is moving upon our hearts and he's pleading with us. Today is that day I need you to trust in the Lord. Like my mom and them used to sing the old song that you're going to, man, I will trust in the Lord. I don't want to hear that. That's what I used to say. I used to, man, I didn't, oh, my, and my grandmother and them could really sing it and they drug it out. I will trust in the Lord. Now I get it. I get it. I will trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Grandma. Finally, I get it. I get it. I get it. Let us get it, my friend. Because there's nothing more valuable than us allowing God to use the rest this time. 
the rest of our stay here. Because here is what it really boils down to. Do you understand, or we must understand, that this is what it's all about anyway. See, it's all about God getting back what was his. This, this time that we living in, it only is about one thing and one thing only. This is not our home. We are pilgrims just passing through. We've heard that before. But there's some real reality to that, my friends. Because the real reality to that is the fact that God himself is wanting to use our life. That he, that what he created in the beginning humanity and mankind that relationship that he created man to have that was separated by the lie the big lie the first lie the trick of the enemy that caused us to fall into sin and to be separated from the only true God hallelujah that God made a way through his son Jesus Christ when he brought him forth and birthed him as a uh, through a virgin called Mary glory be to God and when he walked on this earth and he lived a life that was pleasing and unto God uh, and satisfy God and then when they hung him on that cross and he raised him from the dead glory be to God that God was satisfied for the price of sin had been paid for by the blood of the lamb and that is what this is all about for what? Why did it please the Father to bruise the Son? Because his love for you and me, my friend. It was for the love that he had for his creation. And God retrieving or getting back that which was his. God's glory will shine through all humanity when all things have been reconciled and this our call our charge that which God wants to do and through our lives my friends is for that very purpose that God can use each and every one of us that is what this time is all about this is not the place for us to get what we want this is the place for us to work the works of God while we still have a chance. Knowing that the, the wildest day now, that night is coming and no man can work. That it, this is the time that we must redeem, glory be to God, as he says, redeem the time. This is the time for us to allow God to have his way and rest assured and you hear me saying no this ain't about the time for us to get what we want but the truth be told is it's, it really means for us to take our focus off of what we want and, and put it on what God wants but guess what my friends God will never leave you uh, 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 left behind if we put if we be about his business then he's going to more than take care of our business and that's the part that we've been afraid of of what we're going to lose you're not going to lose anything. You're going to gain, my friend. Even in this world, you're going to gain. But it ain't going to be coming by the way that uh, many of us have been led to believe, naming and claiming and don't do nothing that God is saying. That's a lie. That's a lie. And so God owes you something. You don't want what God owes you. Just like my mama used to tell me, boy, if I give you what you deserve, you ain't going to want it. Because I remember what you did yesterday, the day before, and last week. Do you want it? 
Oh, no, mama, that's okay. Just give me what you want, what you got. I don't want what I deserve. I, I learned that very quickly. Glory be to God, my friends. So it boils down to this, my friends. Therefore, since we have this ministry that God has given us, because that is truly what it is. As we have received mercy, we do not, must not, cannot lose heart, my friends. We got to know what the truth is. Hold don't fast and stand fast to the truth. Glory be to God. That we may walk in it. But we have renounce the hidden things of shame not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully this is what this is all about we got to embrace the truth my friends but by manifestation of the truth commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God that is 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 and this is where we'll conclude at This is the ministry that we have. And this is not the ministry that a pastor has. This is the ministry that every believer has. And then it says in verse 6, For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that's you and me, my friends, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Do you hear what saith the Lord? We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not despaired. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed, my friends. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore ought to speak. Knowing that he who raised up our Lord Jesus also will raise us up in his presence, my friend. Therefore, do not lose heart, even though our outward man... It's perishing. Come on, somebody. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Is your inward man being renewed even though you have to die to this outward man? The flesh. Understand what the will of God is. For our light afflictions, here it is, my friends, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far exceeding and a eternal weight of glory while we do not look at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen hallelujah for the things which are seen are temporary but the things which are not seen are eternal are you running the race for the eternal weight of glory or are you running the race for what you can get achieve and accomplish in this life. It's sad news, my friends, for those that do not know better. Talking about a legacy. Leaving a legacy. 
There ain't no legacy that no man can leave. It's already been left. That's victory belongs to Jesus. Are you serious? Are you kidding me? There ain't no legacy that can be laid than that which has already been laid. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord God, as you have spoken and encouraged our hearts. And I pray that you stirred up something on the inside of each and every one of us. That we may truly know and understand that we as believers, true believers, are outwardly perishing in pain, in toil, in strife, and everything else that comes against us. But glory be to God that our inward man is being renewed by your spirit. Every day, Lord God, as it is reminding us of the race that we are running, Lord God, is the finish line is you. The prize is you. And Lord, we want you. And that at the end of each and every one of our lives, that every one of our loved ones, our friends, and every person that knew us, that are left behind us, Father God, that because of the life that we lived, but not only the life that we lived, but because of them knowing the race that we were running and what we were running for, that at the end of our lives that they could stand up at our service and say, glory be to God. He finished, she finished, and he and she won. They have won the prize. They have gotten what they were working and running for in full. And for that we can rejoice even through our sorrow of the fact that we're going to miss them. They finished. My friends, I pray for each and every one of us this day that our aim and our goal in running this race is that we can know and that everybody that know us will know that when our appointed day comes that we have won. That we have finished the race and we won. That we have the victory in the name of Jesus. All this in agreement, let us say amen. Amen.